Hi, I'm Mike Farraher, and welcome to Taste. I spent almost 25 years writing about music and culture for the Irish Voice and IrishCentral.com, as well as This Is Your Brain on Shamrocks, my collection of humorous essays about growing up Irish, Catholic, and guilty in the swamps of New Jersey. During that time, I got to sample the best music and food and films our Celtic culture has to offer. And on Taste, I will be interviewing the tastemakers of modern Irish and Irish-American culture on both sides of the Atlantic. This will be a conversation about the food we grew up with, the exciting transformation of Irish cuisine that is delighting the most discerning culinary palates, and what to expect next in Irish and Irish-American music, theater, and film. And you better be sure we'll wash it all down with a pint or two. Thanks for tuning in and hope this intro awakened your taste buds. Let's get started. Well, welcome to another edition of Taste. And it's a high time that we had a chef here, right? This is a cooking podcast. Why is it that we've gone this far along and we haven't gotten a chef yet? Well, I found a chef and I found a guy with a fascinating story. This man is Patrick McCormick and he has been cooking for royalty and paupers alike. And when I say royalty, folks, I'm saying... We're talking King of Sweden here. We're talking the Prime Minister of Sweden. He has cooked for all sorts of celebrities, ranging from Kathy Bates to Iggy Pop. And it all started out with this humble gig slinging hash, as we say here in the States, for Patrick's punches in Limerick. And here he is. He's a global world traveler. And what I really loved about your story, Patrick, is that you know, it's no joke that you cook for royalty and paupers alike because your mission work, feeding the poorest of the poor, is extremely moving. So uh, just an incredible, incredible story. So first of all, thank you for being on, Patrick. And I'd I'd love for you to take us back to the very beginning when you were approaching Patrick's Pub and wanted to do a, a career in, in cooking, which would eventually lead you to be an executive chef and a celebrity chef and a royal chef. Um, what were some of your influences growing up that had you uh, pick up a pot and a pan? Yeah, I, I, I initially started off in punches and I actually, I have it down to the actual day, day, so if you, if you like, because I remember coming through the door, I was about to start my first ever shift and it was the day that Eamon Coughlin won gold in Helsinki. Now, I, I know it's <laughs> No, it's 1983, but I just, all you have to do is Google and I'll find it kind of quickly, you know. But I do remember when I started in Patrick Punches, look, I was a young guy. Um, I started off by going around collecting glasses, cleaning the toilets, um, washing the ashtrays afterwards, just, you know, a, a basic runner, if you like. And what I loved about that was the buzz. It was absolutely fantastic. And the atmosphere, I, I just loved it. Um, and, 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 you know, I really want, I really wanted more. It was like something that, that really, that really dragged me in. You know, I, I'm from a family of, I think you might call them white collar. They, they did really well, but unfortunately I, I had this, what's now known as ADHD. Um, back in the day, it was known as blah, something other. It wasn't a great title, you know, but that kind of helped me as well. I just kept the, it kept, it kept, you know, it was, I found myself at last after, after, being um, segregated from the whole white collar thing, I'd found my my niche, and and I, I really loved it. And and um, from there, I remember I remember they had food, and I used to talk to the um, chef Pat Foley was his name, 
another great guy, great character as such, you know. Um, and they had just won the Black and White Award for Best Food in Ireland the first year they ever did it. So I, I stuck to him. And I remember I said, you know, um, what advice, you know, if I wanted to become a chef, what, what advice have you got to give? And he looked at me, he smiled, and I'll never forget this. He said, pick another career. So <laughs> 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 look, I stuck, I, I, I stuck with it. And then the owner, one of the one of the owners, you know, Patrick Punches is owned by the Rosie O'Grady syndicate that are still open in New York. It was the last time I was oh, it's there. Like my favorite, that's like one of my favorite pubs in, in yeah, New York. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was Austin Delaney, um, who, who passed quite recently. Um, Des O'Shea, who's gone now about 10 years. And Mick, Mike Carty, so, who I believe it, last time I was there, he was, 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 was still around, you know? And um, one of the owners, Des O'Shea, his son, my, my father, my father um, was the principal of the School of Music in Limerick. You know, we had great culture in our families. And um, this guy, Des, wanted a place for his son in the school. And I said, I don't know. I mean, why don't you call me dad? You know, he said, look, I got this nomination from a group called CERT. They'll, I, can, I can nominate you forward to go forward and do this culinary school if you nominate my son. So I said, oh, grand. Sure, I did it, you know. My father helped his son. He nominated me. No exams, no nothing. I went straight in, and that's where I started. Wow, that's amazing. So then, well, that's so great that there's, a, there's so many layers in what you just said, right? So the first one is you're white collar. You're in a, a family of privilege. You get your start in the restaurant business, like cleaning ashtrays. So, you know, it's talking about just getting down to the, the very bottom rung of the ladder and then approaching the chef and saying, hey, this might be something I might want to do. I've often heard a lot of the good chefs say that what makes them good chefs is that they did everything along the way to make them what they are today, right? So they've, they've peeled the potatoes, they've scrub dishes endlessly they they know every corner of the of i the, i i totally agree the kitchen, with you, so to speak yeah what, what keeps them what keeps them good chefs what keeps them good chefs is there's you know they're still not afraid to do that i have no problem after 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 a busy conference if we have a thousand people and we're just wiped out i have no problem going in I recently returned from a job overseas where I, I just got down on my knees and the pot was as big as myself, but I don't mind, you know, it's not that I, it's just something I, I enjoy doing. And as I say, I, I found, I found, I found my, my niche, you know, I, that's why I got so excited, you know, that's why I cleaned the toilets. That's why I cleaned the ashtray because I felt for the first time in my life that I was actually involved in something. And for me to be from there drawn into the, into the kitchen was, then I just, I just, I remember thinking to myself, you know, shit, I'm home. That's amazing. So then take us to what had you get the gig to cook for, you know, the King of Sweden and the prime minister that what a journey that must have been. So how did you how did you amass the experience and or, or was it just luck like, hey, <laughs> the other the other king of sweden cook got the flu <laughs> I, I guess look look um my my base job is is in a city called sonsval sonsval is in the um is in the is in the north of sweden um the hotel is on on top of a mountain it's called the hotel is called Sudaberiet, which means south mountain sonsval is surrounded by two mountains and, and norberiet sudaberiet north mountain south mountain and the hotel is based on that 
Now, you know, you really have to have you really have to have your 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 noodle about you to get this job in the first place. This hotel is notorious, it's beautiful, it's it, it you know, it's everywhere, it's anywhere you want to stay. It's got its own ski skiing down the mountain and, and, and everything else at three three levels. But I could go on. Uh hopefully if my boss gives me a bonus, but I won't right now. <laughs> but um I, I got the gig there and um, it, it was tough, you know, but I guess what got me the gig with the King? Notoriety. I, I, managed, to, I managed to rein in a, a great, great kitchen. I started from the bottom. I, I brought in everybody new and we started, we started to pump out great food. You know, some days we can do, we, we can have a conference for a thousand. We can have a conference for 1,200. But Michael, I promise you, everything we do, everything we do is made from the ground, whether it's the bread, we whip, you know, we whip, we whip the butter, we, 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 we make our own sausages, we, we, we do everything from the ground. And that's kind of got, that's what got it to me. So there was a food tasting for a group, for every, every group that comes, we, we like to do a food tasting for them because they know what it is, know what it isn't, do they like it, don't they like it or whatever. So there was something and it was all very hush hush, you know, and I, I remember it. So I, 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 I went up and, um, I met the ladies and she said, this is VIP. And I said, look, Ducky, you know, everybody's the VIP. And they said, no, this is for a very important person. They wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't tell me. And what they were doing was they were actually testing me. So we went through the whole um, uh, the, the, the food uh, tasting and um, they loved it. They really, really loved it. And they said, you know, now do remember, I told you, Michael, that we can do conferences for one, 1,200, whatever, you know. And they said, can you do this? This is for quite a lot of people. And I said, how many? They said, 100. And I said, well... I give it my best shot. So, <laughs> so they went away and I didn't hear anything more for maybe two months. And then and then my boss came down to me, delighted. His face was red and he said, We got, we got. I said, What what did we get? So we had gotten the, we had gotten, as you put it, the gig with the king, you know. So he was coming to the city, it was, you know, and the, the menu was approved and everything. Nobody was allowed to say anything. Everybody had a background check and we had to be very careful. There was security all over the place. So yeah, it, it's it's something, it's something that 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 went well. And it was just, it just proved to be a great night because um, as I said, we had security everywhere. And of course I was going to present because it was an international, there were international guests as well. It was something to do with forestry from all over the world. And they said, can, can you present? I said, yep, no problem. And then they said, can you do it in English? And I said, oh, you know, I give it my best shot. <laughs> so it was no problem. The only problem I had was that the secret police over here, they're called SAPO. And he, he, first of all, he came into the kitchen. He said, you have one minute and nine seconds. And I said, Grant, no problem, no problem. So, you know, later on, you know, a, a day before it, he said, you have one minute. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just about to go on the stage to present the guests and the king, you know, and, and he grabbed me by the arm. I remember thinking, Jesus, I mean, he, he hit a nerve or something. I, it felt sore, you know. So anyway, I went up on the stage. I went up on the stage and um, the king would have been, what, maybe two meters away from me. And um, I went up and I started, said, hey, your majesty, ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests. And then I just got a bit, something came over me. I said, look, your majesty, I'm told by this gentleman over here from the secret police, if I, if I speak for more than one minute, nine seconds, I have to go to prison. Is that correct? And he, <laughs> he said, no. And he, he, you know, he smiled and he said, no. And I remember then, I remember getting off the stage and realizing that I was on the stage for nine and a half minutes. And did I talk about food? I have no idea. But the, the very guy from the secret police, as I was getting down, he lifted up his hand, he high-fived me, and my boss ran from the complete back of the hall all the way up and just gave me a big hug. So then I knew the Limerick boy had done good. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what do you remember the dish you cooked that day that uh, 
It wasn't yeah, just the Blarney on the stage that, that won the king <laughs> over, right? It was the. Well, I, it, I, I do remember it was like a, a, a selection of things from 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 Norland, which is the north of Sweden, as a starter, and we served it on a, a pickled cucumber and it was like homemade sausages and a little bit of um, cold smoked fish and there was fish eggs and it was very it was very elegant, very beautiful, and it was beautifully de decorative as well. And then I served him North Atlantic cod on a bed of saffron potato there was a burnt leeks with it as well and it was a nut brown butter and it, it was it was really juicy it was really really great you know and uh, it worked out really well and uh, i must say that i've served that exact menu <laughs> a few different places all over the world whether i'm selling myself out or not who cares you know <laughs> i do it. that sounds absolutely amazing i'm i'm my my mouth is watering right now as we as as we're recording this, this is amazing and we'll be right back. Taste is sponsored by Career Letters. We're in the midst of the great resignation, which means people are leaving their jobs in record numbers. That's great news for job seekers. Yet most people aren't prepared to meet the moment of opportunity with the current state of their resume and LinkedIn profile. If you are looking to make a career change, we craft customized resumes and LinkedIn profiles that get you noticed in this digital landscape. For more information, including a blog that covers up-to-date hiring trends and interview tips, visit careerletters.com or like Career Letters LinkedIn page, careerletters.com. And we're back with Patrick McCormick, worldwide executive chef for kings and paupers alike. So talk to me about the paupers that you, in preparation for this interview, you shared with me some, some great pictures of you over, you know, in the African continent and just doing the Lord's work over there. So how did you get involved on that side of, of cooking and, and, and really making a difference with your talents to feed the poorest of the poor? Um, I've always, you know, I'm, you know, I'm at a certain age now, I'm 21. And um, I'm, if you like, at the top of my game. So nobody's really going to, nobody's really going to tell me or, or be able to tell me in the kitchen because, um, you know, I do, I do look and I do see things and it does influence me, but I really like to get away. I like to get away and, and get influenced by different things. So I started traveling, you know, um, I started traveling. I went to Edinburgh and I worked with the uh, world famous Irish chef James Hunt in in a Michelin there. He was an old friend of mine or an old mentor. Uh, from there, I did a you know I did a, I did a stint with the former deputy mayor of Philadelphia, Tom Knox. Really enjoyed that too. And um, I, I just worked around and it was great. And I got the influences I needed. And I always came back fairly fresh. I just thought I'd try something different, you know. Um, so I did, and and I, I've done it in various locations. And people ask me, you know, how do you are you part of a group or that? No, I get up off my ass and I Google it, you know. And I I, I find I find these places myself, and um, I just think it's a great thing to do. Um, is am I a great man, a holy man? No, I, I you know I've heard this before, but I I find myself to be a little selfish, you know. Because you know, you, you know, you go and 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 you feed. If I can use the words just now, just for this, these people, and I feel, I, Jesus, I feel energized. I feel great by it. You know, I enjoy it. You know, I'm just back from um, I'm just back from Durban in in South Africa. I worked there in the um, I helped out in the Dennis Harley Center and and Food for Life, and um, it it just it just brought me such great joy every day. Um, 
And on top of it all, you'll see in the pictures I've sent you, I took off the gloves and I took off the mask and and um, I went out and I sat with them and I talked to them and I, I was I was fascinated by it, you know. I'm a great I'm a great believer in in, in just touching touching someone's shoulder and you know in for me it means that I'm taking a little bit of their pain I'm giving them a little bit of my strength and vice versa I I really believe in that am I a holy man no I'm just as much if not more of a sinner than anybody else but this in some ways like I don't know not a personal crusade but a personal healing for me and I do I do come back better from it I really do you know I always feel great after it and um you, so get to, you, I, get, you get just as much out as you give. I get, no, I, I get more. I get more. And being the Irishman, even when I was in the centre every day, they asked me as a chef, what would you do differently? And I said to them, I, I would treat them differently. I would, I, would, I would treat them more like human beings, you know. And um, I always gave them a, a big speech or, if you like, a prayer before each meal. And I did, you know, and I'd start off and I've sent you pictures of that. And they're really into it. All I do is tell them their self-worth. I tell them their self-worth, and God Almighty, the love you feel back is just tremendous. Then I'd start off with a, you know, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, or whatever, you know. And I remember <laughs> on, on, on the last day, um, they, 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 they used to call me Malungu, which means uh, white skin for all intents and purposes. Well, I was just, I mean, I I just going to say, my, my next follow-up question would have been, did you pack a lot of sunscreen? Because you're in the African sun, and you have you, my friend, have the same complexion of as as me, which is like oh God, yeah. it's like it's like baked ham. I am well, well. They called me Malungo until one day I went out to this beach called Kualanga, and I came back after an hour and ha an hour and a half like a bloody tomato. I suffered so badly, and um, <laughs> and uh, I went in, and there's 350 people, and they're all waiting for their lunch, and they you know they're just pointing and laughing at me, and we laughed about it, you know. They're you know they were mainly Zulus, brilliant people, and I remember on the last day they they sang, they sang me out after my last prayer and I just, I really, I knew I had to hold it together. And of course, towards the end, I didn't, you know, it was, but it was just so very amazing. moving and it, it just, it just lifted me. And I, I, I just, I just really enjoyed the whole thing of it. It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, you know, having said that, you know, there was once on the border with Syria there, I, I ended up with a pistol to my head and I didn't, just for driving the wrong way. And there was once I ended up with a, a knife to the neck, we'll say, but these are all life experiences that I've gone through, you know, and, um, I, I never, I never regret anything about it. That's amazing, 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 amazing. So tell me about when you're not cooking and when you are, when you are running around different cities around the world. What are some of the places, especially here in the states or maybe over in Ireland, where this is where the chef goes to eat a good meal? Where are some of those places or? That would be my first question. The second one would be, what's that go-to dish that you will always make somebody to kind of expose them to the different experiences you've had? So two-part question. Okay, the first one is, where do I go? I mean, I've spent I've spent quite a lot of time in in um, in New York. You know, I, I love New York. You know, I really do, and. Um, because it's so big and because it's so vibrant and, and congested, you know, it, it can be at times difficult to find really, really what I would call good um, eating houses, you know. I mean, you can put lipstick on a pig, but at the end of the day, it's still a pig, you know, it, it, it's as simple yeah. as that. So maybe sometimes I don't want to go to New York and eat an aquavit, you know, why, you know, why? I, sometimes I like solid nourishing, nourishing food, you know, I, li I like good food. I, I mean, for me, a haven I found in New York, 
um, would be something like um, Donovan's and Woodside. I, I, I've always found it to be a great place. Yeah, I can sit here and I can talk to you about Aquavit and I can I, I can go into the whole complex uh, ways in which to prepare for Why the hell, you know? Okay, that's an event. That's more of an event. It's, it's less food. No, I'm, I, you don't have to do any more explaining. I, there's some good eating in Woodside, man. That's that's yeah. it. <laughs> and there's uh, some yeah. <laughs> there's a there's some characters in those Irish pubs in Woodside, man. That uh, oh sure, I know. I, I every time I go back, they'll all, they'll always you know they'll always be someone that because I it was it was a local. They'll always say, oh hello, how are things in Switzerland? Or and I'd say Grace, and somebody else say, hello, you're back from Norway. I'd say I am, yeah. And inside my head, I'm going, it's Sweden, you know. But you know, you you just get on with it. There, there's a there's a famous story of uh, a pub that I will not mention in Woodside and owned by an owner, which I will not mention. And Shane McGowan of the Pogues walks into the bar and they're oh. like, oh my God, Shane McGowan's here to drink. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't have the money for a cab. Can you go out and take care of the cab fee? So the bar owner goes out and takes care of the cab fee. And the cab driver says, that'll be 300 bucks. <laughs> because because Shane was like drunk and he was running around New York. He's like, oh, I just want to get a bottle of whiskey here. And he didn't know where he was going. So, so yeah, not only yeah. did he not have any money for a drink when he went to the pub, but he had a $300 cab drive. And and I'm not even telling that story right because it was so funny when it was said. But, you so, know, I like it. You know, I like, um, you know, as I said, that's why I said the pig with the lipstick. I like my food the way, you know, I... I, I you know, I like my people, you know, simple, plain, but great and, and, and fresh, you know, I mean, you can get a piece of meat, you can fry it with salt and pepper, you can get a piece of cabbage, you can blanch it, boil it, fry it in a little bit of butter, you know, the, these things are, are, these things are great. Sometimes, you know, sometimes food can really, really annoy me, you know, but that, that's the way it goes, you know, it's, uh, you know, here we, we, we do everything basic, but we, we do, we do fine dining as well. And because I'm, I'm, I'm working with the market that I need to work with, I enjoy it, don't get me wrong, but you're asking me about me personally, Personally, I take it like that, you know. Um, and then, well, and you know, know I, I think one of the things around, you know, Irish people and the Irish race don't get a fair shake at times around our reputation with food, you know, where it's like, well, they boil everything and they roast everything. Like, and that being said, and and to be fair, I think a lot of that does go on. But we were doing farm to table way before farm to table was a thing. You know, and I think that there's such um, creativity in the simplest dishes. And I think that's what I hear you saying as well. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. It's like people. People don't have to be complex to be good, you know, and it's the same with food. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, look, the Irish, I know I know we get onto this later, but the Irish are the best cooks in the world. I think it's their whole um, working mythology or something. It really, really, it really comes out in that. But me personally, you know, I, I have a dish that I really love and I'm going to send you on the, the recipe and, and, and the ingredients for them. I, I have a dish. It's kind of a Swedish thing, but I like to put a, an Irish twist into it if I can. Yeah, um, that's what I wanted to hear. Aha. Uh -huh, OK, OK, OK. It's a very famous dish. It's called Wallenberger. And that's um, I think they, they, Wallenberg, I think he, he he's Swedish. OK, and um, I think I, I, I think he was a food author from what I can what I, what I know, you know, but it, it contains um, it's kind of simple ingredients, but great ingredients and it works, works out so so great. You know, it's minced veal, 
egg, egg yellow, salt, white pepper, whipping cream, breadcrumbs, and butter. So you basically you basically mix that. So you 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 um, fine minced veal, in fact, yeah. Any cut will really do. And sometimes you know when food, you know, I know there's a whole thing with with, with diet, and it's good to have a, a certain amount, even up to thirty percent or twenty percent fat, and it works for me. So any cut of that, so long as it's fine minced, put it through your mincer, put it through one more time. Uh, egg yellow, salt, white pepper, not black pepper because it's too strong, and you get that you get that um, um, burn in your mouth sometimes when you bite into one. Whipping cream if it's between thirty five and forty percent fat, deadly. Um, breadcrumbs and butter. So you you mix everything except the um, breadcrumbs, and what you do is then you panne. It's what known as panne, like a hamburger, that shape in the breadcrumbs, um, and then you 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 fry that in butter. Now uh, to serve that, you serve that with potatoes and parsnips mixed, milk, butter, salt, and pepper. So you, it's like a potato, a potato mousse or a minced potato, if you like. You 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 mix the two of them, and um, you you serve the vol the Wallenberger with the potatoes. Then some garden peas. Now what what we have in Sweden is lingonberries. Do you know what they are? I do. Yes. Yeah, uh, you, you take some fresh lingonberries and you, you mix them with sugar. Leave them overnight until, until <laughs> yeah. they nearly start. Do you know how I know about lingonberries? <laughs> because there's a lingonberry jam that they sell at the local Ikea here. <laughs> You've Ikea now in America. Well, yeah. really can't. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, the Ikea, man. The uh, yeah, lingonberry jam. That's good eating. Yeah, um, clarified butter. And then I, I get a bit of a fried dark cabbage and um, um, fried, fried dark cabbage and a little bit of grated horseradish. I leave that on top. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful dish. It's probably my favorite dish. And if someone, if someone, you know, I'm, I'm at, the, at the moment, I'm due back in, um, I'm due back in Durban in South Africa later, later on in the year. And I'm putting together, I've been asked to put together six different menus. And we're going to we're going to feed we're going to work with and 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 feed the homeless with these different menus and um, I'm pleased I'm pleased to do that and this definitely will be one of them yeah that's amazing that's amazing well how do people get in contact with you uh, your social medias or maybe you're on the run <laughs> no, but, <laughs> I, I'm just me you know I'm just you're I'm just, just you rockstar. <laughs> I um they, look they can they can hop into my Insta, Instagram account because on my Instagram account I do a mix I do a mix of the of the different locations I'm working in I have food shots I have I have a whole selection of different shots it's it's just not me traveling but and and as well as that it's it's just not food it's just not anything it's just a mix of life and it's put together with, with colorful photographs with very little wording on it and they can get that on uh how do you say in English all lowercase um p slash McCormack, M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. So it's P. Why do why what's a bottom slash? What do you call it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> bottom slash. We'll just call it that. Yeah. Okay, so I'll try that one again. <laughs> slash. P bottom slash M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. They'll find that's my Instagram account. And, and please, please do mention, do mention do mention the show because other than that, I probably won't accept them, you know. Um, you know, I, I I really don't want to get anything else. And then um, my my mail is macbloom m a c b l o m dot p m at gmail dot com, and I can be contacted on that. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you for giving us the time. Thank you for just all the work that you're doing, especially to give dignity to the poorest of the poor. It's just a very very moving, and it was just such an honor to talk to you. And I wish you all the best of luck and safe travels. Oh, thanks very much. And say hello to New York for me. Okay. All right, bud. Take care. Bye-bye. 
I just love hearing about a chef that is actually cooking for the ultra rich, the royalty, and then has one eye always on the poor. What an example to live by. Hope you enjoyed Taste. See you next week. As always, Taste has been produced by Barbara Farher of Smiling Voice. I love you, honey, and we'll see you next week.